Thank you, Lord. We're just so grateful again this morning as we present our hearts before you and our lives, and we're just in that place of authenticity and honesty with you that you pour grace upon your children. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you being the, for the Father who leads us, guides us, and directs us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior that forgives us and cleanses us and makes a way to the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being present, tangible, real. Thank you for speaking to us, your children. And we want to say to corporately, we're listening because we need you. We need you. Open up your word, God, as we share our hearts together in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for filling that out. And, and even those that are online, you can just, I think it should, there's a prompt there to lead that. And just thank you so much. Um, you know, the beautiful thing uh, about uh, family is that God has made us brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. And when we look at the Lord's Prayer, uh, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. It's always in the sense of we, not just me. Isn't that great? So throughout church history, since the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, Jesus gave this admonition through the Lord's Prayer, not as a rote prayer, but as a construct to engage and abide and live in his presence and for a place for us to anchor into with the rest of the body of Christ worldwide and the body of Christ that's been around for 2,000 years. So every time we say the Lord's Prayer, we're agreeing with God's Word through the ages and God's Word in the present with God's people together. Isn't that awesome? It's a big deal. All right, so hey, we're all gonna stand together um, and I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together. I'll lead us, join me. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. You can be seated. And hey, we're just gonna take a few moments like we've been doing the last couple weeks and we're just gonna let it now wash over. So you gotta lean in, everybody may lean in a little bit. Just take a little lean that allows you to engage with us. And I'm just gonna slowly take us through each of those scriptures. We're gonna take a moment and respond together personally and corporately to God's word to us. All right, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Would you just take a moment be reminded of the names of God. He is our provider. He's a father who provides. He's a father who heals. He's a father who shepherds us. He's a father who leads us. He's the father of peace. Would you just take a moment and thank him for being your father right now? Maybe you'd be led to thank Jesus for his blood that allows you to call him father. Just take a moment and hallow, honor his name in your own heart. 
thank you, Father. Now your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the greatest need in your heart, in your family, in your neighbors, friends, co-workers, in our nation? You can pray that simple prayer. God, let your rule and reign, your kingdom come. Let your will be done just as what's happening in heaven. Bring it to earth right now, Lord. We need you to rule and reign. Would you pray over whatever burden is in your heart or mind right now, asking his kingdom to come and his will to be done right now. Lord, as we've come to you and we've asked your rule and reign, give us this day our daily bread. Would you just pray over your day what you know of it and what you don't know of it? Would you say, God, fill this day with your will, O God. Lead me, direct me. Tell him your needs, daily bread for every situation today. Just take a moment, pray over your day. Pray over your heart. Forgive us our trespasses. Lord, is there anything between me and you? Is there anything that I need to present before you? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is not the moment to fix everything. This is the moment to bring everything. Just bring whatever the Holy Spirit brings to mind to him right now, just for this moment. Forgive us our trespasses, God. Now, even as we're asking, forgive us our trespasses, we also forgive those who trespass against us. Whatever hurt or pain or person whether it's a spouse or a friend, someone you know or don't know, would you bring your unforgiveness to the cross right now and say, God, take this pain. I forgive. I let them go right now. Again, this isn't the reconciliation moment. This is the bringing it to the cross moment. God, I bring you my pain. I bring you and I give them to you and I forgive them right now. Whoever it is. Now, these last two just agree with me. Lord, lead us not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation today, but deliver me from evil. God, we pray when evil comes to our heart or our mind, may we run the other way. God, would you protect us even ahead of time? Would you let us see and know? Lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from evil. Cover us today. Let us be free today. For yours is the kingdom. We're back in worship here. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. (laughs) Forever and ever and ever. 
And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks so much. Isn't that beautiful, you guys? Hey, uh, you may have missed your quiet time this morning, but you just had it, all right? And as we talked about last week, if you were in the first service especially, I talked about, all right, so many times we say, it's hard to spend time with the Lord because I'm too busy or I'm too tired or whatever. And it says, and Jesus um, said, uh, said of Jesus in Luke 11, right before the Lord's prayer, Jesus went to a certain place and prayed. So we're looking for a certain place and a certain time. So I think I've finally solved the problem of the certain place and the certain time. And that is this, everybody goes to the bathroom. Who goes to the bathroom every day? All right, praise the Lord. If you don't, there's gonna have prayer for you here at the end. But I know you're gonna be in the bathroom this today. You are sometime tomorrow. We have little cards out there, Lord's Prayer card. Take the card with you, leave it in your bathroom, put it on your phone, take a picture of it. Take your few minutes in the bathroom and go over the Lord's Prayer, let God minister to you. And then when you get five minutes down in the bathroom, you'll be desiring more of God throughout your day. And that will allow you to have a quiet time every day, but look for more because you've been with him. There you go. That's my final solution after 40 years of trying to get people to spend time with the Lord. I got it. We got a space and a place that's certain. All right. Well, um, last week we talked about um, prayers that are common. What are, the, what are the common things that everybody wants answers to? People are asking for consistently. And though there are many more than this list, here are the big five. Number one, people are asking for peace. Because of anxiety and fear in our life for multiple reasons. I need peace in my life. Would you pray the peace of God? Would you pray peace and hope into my life? People want peace. The second thing is provision. Uh, I need a job. I need some money. I need uh, this breakthrough. I need provision. People need peace. People ask for prayers for provision. People ask for prayers for direction. Which way do I go? What's God's will for my life? Who do I marry? What, what job do I get? What city do I live in? What do I do about this situation? Direction. So when people ask for peace, they're asking for provision. They're asking for direction. And always healing. People are asking for healing. I'm sick in my body, my mother, my brother, my friend. I, we need healing in our hearts, not just in our bodies, in our minds. So much healing's needed uh, every time we gather in the name of Jesus. Believers are asking for healing. The last one is relationships. We're asking for relational healing in our family or towards someone that's apart from God or a prodigal or healing for people in other nations and need to know God. There's always relational issues that we're praying through. God, would you give me power to forgive and to bless and to honor? So these big five, I know these are already your prayer requests because they're mine and they're the whole world's. And the beautiful thing about scripture is that God has a promise for every one of those. God wants to answer prayers related to every one of those top five that you and your friends are carrying around if we would literally just look to his word by the Holy Spirit and activate our hearts, there are promises for answers to those prayers. And as we pray, I just was asking around this morning um, some folks, hey, how did you see God answer prayers this week? All right, so here we go. Um, 
one lady said to me, she said, uh, a friend asked me last week to pray for her. She has a, a blood disease and she asked me to pray for her. And she came back to me this morning and she said, I felt great this week, the best I've felt in years. It's not even a medically verified miracle, but she was comforted by the Holy Spirit at the very least, if maybe it's a full-blown miracle, but she testified, thank you for praying I felt the comfort of God at the very least and possibly the healing of God. Another guy, I said, how, I asked, how did you find God answering your prayers this week? He said, I was with in a, in a conversation with another guy and I found myself le leaving the conversation jealous and angry and insecure. And he said, and I got home and it was gonna be family night and I took it out on the kids. I was grumpy and angry and frustrated. And my wife's saying, nice, 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 dad, way to go. Um, we're, we got family night. And so he said, I went to my bedroom, and I usually don't, but I paused, and I prayed. And I said, God, what is going on in me? And the Holy Spirit made me aware of my insecurity. And so I repented of that. I said, God, so I present my heart to you. Fill me with your peace. And he said, we had a great family night. God answered my prayers for my anger, which was driven by insecurity. Wow, that's a great answer to prayer. Um, here's another one. A guy said, a friend called me and said, I need you to pray for me because I messed up on, on looking at some stuff on the internet and I'm trying to figure out what to do. I wanted to confess it, but I, I, I got to figure out what to do. And he was wrestling with, do I tell my wife? Because I told her I would tell her if I did this thing. And my friend says, uh, instead of telling him what to do, he said, well, why don't we ask the Holy Spirit what to do? Okay, so they pause, they pray, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And, and, and uh, my buddy says to his friend, what do you think? He said, I saw a picture of me sitting on the bed telling her, right? He said, well, I think you got your answer. And then, then uh, the, the guy said, well, well, when do I tell her, you know? And he said, well, let's ask God when to tell her. So they pray, God, when do I tell her? And the guy got the answer, now. <laughs> and then they prayed together. Oh, may, may, may there be grace in it because the guy felt guilt and shame. He didn't want to do it. And so they, he, the guy called back later and said, thank you for praying for grace. She received me in grace because I humbled myself and we're doing great and God's going to get victory over this in our lives. Isn't that great? Just three prayers, prayer of need, prayer for a reconciled relationship, prayer for confession of our hearts. Um, uh, uh, Marcial um, Samaniego, our uh, pastor, our Spanish ministry, he was saying uh, there was, he got a phone call of, of uh, one of the guys in, the, in, in their ministry that went um, to the hospital and um, he was sick and they were gonna possibly have to do an operation. They were gonna put him on antibiotics for 24 hours. And if it didn't get better, they were gonna to have to open him up and, and, and do surgery. So uh, Marcel said, okay, I'm coming over to pray for you. But he got it in his heart to ask somebody to go with him, a fairly new believer. And he takes the friend, this new believer with him. And he said, we go to the, the guy in the, in the ER. They let him back there to pray over this guy. And um, so uh, Marcel says, hey, would you like to pray for him? And the guy says, yes. And he said, the guy lays his hands on the guy's stomach. And he said, all of a sudden, the guy starts speaking sickness, go in the name of Jesus. He's like, whoa, all right. This is a new believer with some fire in the tank. And uh, the guy prays, God, would you eradicate this sickness? 
And then they, pray, they end praying, and the guy who's sick says, well, as soon as you started praying, I saw water like cleansing my body and washing it out of my body. And he said, wow, you know, we'll see what happens. After 24 hours, the antibiotics ran through, and they said, the infection's gone. We're not going to have to do surgery. Isn't that great? So God healed through the antibiotics and the prayer, uh, prayers of the saints. Um, I could give so many others, but I had an experience since I was speaking somewhere Friday night. This uh, gentleman comes up afterwards and he says, uh, you know, I know this is kind of a generic thought, but I really feel this from the Lord when I see you. And it's Revelation 3, God's opened a door that no man can shut and that God is leading you um, in, more into the throne room in the way that you see life and direction and that kind of thing. And it was so confirming because God's been speaking that all year long. I don't know the guy, but he gives a simple prayer uh, that he was praying for me. God gave him a scripture for me. He delivered the scripture and I got so encouraged. And I think the preaching was better because of that, right? There was a strengthening of the heart because somebody prayed for me and then had a scripture or word for me. Now, listen, the reason I say that, there are hundreds of answers of prayer that go on every day if we're just simply active in our faith. Because God is always at work for those who want to partner with him. Let's go back to our definition of prayer. We've been trying to just review this every week. So prayer is union with God through praise, worship, and thanksgiving and communion with him, walking and talking with him, and then partnering with him to see his plans come to pass. Union, communion, and partnership. I know there's many other definitions of prayer, but you gotta land on one as a community and just start working it through, right? So here we go, everybody. Everybody say union, union. communion, union. and partnership. With a little more gusto this time. Union, union. communion, union. and partnership. That's what God has for us as a community and individually as we pray. So again, I hope you um, got a chance to listen to last week if you weren't with us, but we talked about believing prayer. Now here is what I want you to know from the scriptures, which I, I think you would know yourself as you read through the scriptures, and that is this. The predominant theme of scripture is that God hears and answers prayer. This is what you read in the teachings of Jesus, what you read in the, call on my name and I will listen to you. Seek me and you find me. Um, for those that believe and pray, I will answer you. So what we all usually go to when we talk about prayer is we go immediately to, well, what do you do with unanswered prayer? And I understand that. It's very normal for us to do that. I prayed and something didn't happen and I tried to believe, but it didn't come to pass. So we spend so much time about unanswered prayer that we miss the opportunity for what God wants to do today. 
because the theme of scripture is that God answers prayer. I just told you, he promises peace. He promises provision. He promises direction. He promises healing, restoration. He promises relational health through his word. If we would spend our energy on praying for what we do know is his will, that when we come up against that space where something isn't working, maybe something needs to change in us. Maybe he needs to adapt or rearrange us to get that prayer answered. And then in the end, even after we've gone through this process of humility and asking God to change us and teach us how to pray, even if it doesn't come to pass, put it in the mystery bucket for when you get to heaven, but don't let that cloud you so that you can be active in your faith, praying and believing for what God already wants to do. Um, okay, oh, I've got to say it one more, one more time. Here's what I want you to know. God wants to answer prayers today through you in a powerful way. That is the central theme of scripture. And there's things to learn and we get disappointed and we have difficulty, but do not allow that to literally take away the power of God in and through your life to partner with him to see people's lives changed in yours as well. All right, here's a few scriptures. Matthew 21, talking about believing prayer. Jesus answered and said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and it will happen for you. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. John 15, verse seven. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Can you see some of these conditions here? If you abide in, live and remain in a relationship with God through Jesus, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, the word of God, the promises of God, if you're reading the word of God, letting it conform you and change you into his image, and then you're trusting in the word of God as the promises of God, if you abide and you honor God's word, he says, ask whatever you will and I will do it. And all that it means to me is if I'm in line with God's heart and I'm in line with God's word, I can have confidence that he will do it. All right. Again, another familiar passage, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to the will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request that we have asked of him. Again, we talked about last week, there's three basic things you see in every teaching of Jesus on believing prayer to see prayer answered. And he says, ask, believe, and have faith. All right? So you have not because you ask not. Well, here's my thing. Have you asked him this week? <laughs> How much have you asked him? You say, well, I'm afraid to ask him for what he may not do. <laughs> but listen, if you're afraid to ask, you're for sure not going to get anything you need. You might as well give it a shot and see what happens. Uh, ask, the invitation is there and he's asking you, come and ask of me. Believe, as, as we talked about again uh, many times, belief by definition is to trust in, rely upon, and cling to. So belief is the renewal of the mind by the truth of God's word, but belief is trust in a person. Jesus is called the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So when I believe in Jesus, and I, then therefore I believe in his word, I am trusting that the one who is trustworthy will bring it to pass. 
And then this last piece of faith. We talked about having faith as a mustard seed. So where do you get the mustard seed? You get the mustard seed based on how God has revealed himself in the scripture. When we see God in his almightiness as the creator of all things, as the creator of us, as the director and leader of the planet, we get great faith that we then can speak to a mountain or speak to a situation in his name according to his word. We have great faith because we've seen him as big and glorious. Until you see him for who he says he is, you will struggle in prayer because we're basing it on our human experience instead of God's divine power. Huge, 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 huge. And by the way, I remind myself of this every day. I have to re-remind myself. Um, I shared last week about a a friend of mine who had a, a powerful experience of faith and he was struggling. His wife was uh, struggling with their uh, pregnancy. It was very life and death, actually, situation. Uh, he was pastoring a church. The church was struggling. He goes to his office, and he, he's looking uh, out the window, and all of a sudden, in his mind's eye, a mountain appears, and he feels like the Lord says, speak to the mountain. He starts praying, mountain go, you know, mountain of sickness over my wife, mountain over the pain in the church. All of a sudden, he said, I'm really going for it, but I kind of get this feeling it's not working. And I'm like, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying. You're giving me a picture in my mind. And the Lord speaks to him so gently, why don't you come up here? And he has that picture of the flyover, like being in an airplane looking down at the mountain. It looks so small. And God says, why don't you try praying from here? Right? And so what I want to say to everybody just once again, why don't you try praying from the glory. Why don't you start praying from God's perspective? Pray from God's word. Pray from God's revelation. So a friend was stirred by that, and they sent me a little picture this week. I think we got it. There it is. See that little mountain out there? <laughs> that is a huge mountain, but they're up above the clouds. They're, and if you want to just take it in, that is the perspective. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places so that we can speak down the word of God and the will of God into those things that are wrong, not right, not what God wants. And we can pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This perspective, God, bring it down in the name of Jesus. Woo! So we ended last week with me running through this little process of prayer and call it the five P's. And I'm sure there's other ways to say it, but this is what I've done for years and years and years. When I'm needing to pray about something, and this would be more of the long haul pieces, the challenges, uh, uh, a child's need or a provision, or as I said, is a peace or a healing or whatever, you start with the person of God. God, who are you? Your nature and your character related to this issue. God is a healer. God is a provider. God is a shepherd. I see God for who he is. And then I begin to praise him for who he is. Usually just pick a psalm related to that issue and it just strengthens my heart. Then I find the promise from the word of God around that issue. And then I begin to say, all right, Lord, I'm praying this promise now. Now, what do I need to know so that my prayers adapt to your promise? 
That's why it's a process. Many times there's just some obedience things or some repentance or some change or rearranging that needs to happen so that my will conforms to his will so that his outcome comes to pass in a situation. And then once I've done all that, it doesn't mean that immediately everything happens the way that I feel that God's leading me in that journey, so I persevere. It says in Hebrews 6, verse 12, through faith and patience, or faith and perseverance, you inherit the promises. We've built you up in faith, and we did spend a whole day talking about perseverance, because those are the two things for people to see prayers answered. All right. Who wants their prayers answered? Could I just get a show of hands? And if, if you didn't raise your hand, I don't know what else to do. So, uh, so I know that to be true. So man, just somebody take me up on this. Just go for it. I mean, from the Lord's prayer to this, this process. So there's so many things I could talk about. I could talk about a prodigal son or daughter and take you through that process. I could talk about somebody who's sick and take you through the process. There's a lot of different things I could choose, but I felt led of the Holy Spirit specifically to talk about finances and provision. How do we pray for provision? And the reason is because it's the number one thing that Jesus talked about. He talked about money and possessions more than heaven and hell and prayer combined. Why? Because that is where we feel the most vulnerable. That's where we feel that we have the greatest needs. So he speaks to it so clearly because he's helping us to, to, to get above it so we don't have to worry about it because he says he is our provider. He says that he is a generous God and we can be content with food and shelter and for his children we will not be begging bread that he will provide for us if we attend to him and follow his ways. So let me just take you through this. So I had a, a couple uh, friend um, years ago that uh, they both had struggled in their jobs, had, had lost their jobs. And these are sharp, competent people and for some reason they couldn't get jobs to kind of take care of what their needs were at the time. And um, in the midst of that, they had gotten in about $30,000 of debt and they had quit tithing and giving because they couldn't afford to in their mind. So they literally said, we looked at our whole budget, we realized we were giving 2%, where before we were giving 10% plus, and in the midst of all of our trauma, we, were, we quit giving. Now, I want to say this now, and I've said it before. I'm going to use this illustration all the way through. But here's what I'm, I'm, why I'm doing it. I'm trying to help you get answers to prayer. I'm trying to help you get your heart right with God. I'm trying to help you be provided for. And so much so that when I get to this part about tithing, as we read through the scriptures, if you um, think, if, if, if it would help you tithe to another church, other than this church, so that you might find the freedom that God has for you and you might find the grace of God. That's how committed I am to you more than the needs of this church. So don't get lost in this. Take it personal because if God gets a hold of you, the amazing thing is it's a key to just about everything else in life. Jesus said it was where your treasure is there your heart is. Okay, ready? So I got this couple, they're $30,000 in debt, can't get the jobs that they need to provide for their family. They're, they, they're reducing what they're giving out of their own fears and concerns, and they need some help. So what would you tell them to do? Well, the first thing I would say is, look at God. 
He's a generous God. <laughs> you could literally just read Genesis 1 through 3, which is always takes care of most things, because with the original intent of God, and God created this, this husband and wife and the children that they had, God created them in his image and he blessed them. And then it says he gave every tree that was good for them and every need that was met in the garden. And even in their aloneness, they gave them each other. And so God is a generous God that wants to bless his children and care for them. He is a father to us all. Therefore, he is a provider for us all. Psalm 34, this is a great psalm of praise to God to declare his faithfulness to his children. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Fear and anxiety are the drivers behind our concern with possessions and provision. Perfect love casts out fear. When I exalt God and see him for who he is, I don't have to fear provision uh, because he is generous and he is with me. They looked at him and were radiant, and their faces will not be ashamed. This poor man cried, whether you feel poor or needy or whatever. And just by the way, I know fearful people around money and possessions who are millionaires, and I know people that have little that live in fear and anxiety. It is not a stage of life. It's an attitude of the heart and your understanding of God. Just a funny story. I had a friend who's a very wealthy person, and they were anxious about losing several million dollars on the stock market, and they still had several million dollars left. And I, and I said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, pay for their dinner meal. So I paid for the guy's meal and everything else, and it was the last 20 bucks that I had. And I walked out of there scratching my head. Why am I... <laughs> bringing peace to this millionaire because he still has millions. My last, and God said to me so clearly because you're free and he needs to see what freedom looks like. I like, I like that. All right, here we go. That wasn't in the last service. You got that. Somebody needed that. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears him and he rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. Here it comes. For to those who fear him, those who respect him, honor him, see him for who he is, there is no want. Amen. Wow, there it is. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord, there's a condition there, shall not be in want of any good thing. Wow, isn't that beautiful? Jesus says this, and admonishes us, again, very familiar passage. He says, so I say to you, this is Jesus talking, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it'll be open. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. 
He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? If he's asked for an egg. I just never asked God for an egg, but I guess that was relevant for these guys. He will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So the father is generous. The son is generous by giving us his life, let alone uh, uh, encouragement to trust him. And he sends the Holy Spirit to comfort, to heal, to support, and to lead us and guide us how to find the provision that God has already made for us. Since we already praise the Lord, we'll go to step three. We have the, the, the person of God, the praise of God, and now we have the promise of God. So what is the promise of God for provision? One of the most common passages, though there are many in the scripture, is Philippians 4, 18. And my God, that's my God, and he's your God, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Whoa, my God who created the whole universe, my God who saved my soul, my God who sent the Holy Spirit, my God who I'll stand before for eternity said this, I shall supply all your needs according to my riches, not even your resources. Woo! Or your gifts or lack thereof. According to my riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So if the God of the universe said he's supplying my needs. That's a fact. That's done. Period. And many times I have to redeclare that when I don't feel like it. But now we're getting into the, the, the key of the prayer for my friend's provision for their $30,000 of debt and their need for better jobs. Now, now we're down into the process. And let me say this about the process, friends. Here's the deal. It is the joy and uh, it should be the joy of us and it is the delight of God to discipline us that we might be free of the error of our ways and find his path to provision. So many times we're so anxious about, well, that makes me feel guilty or that makes me feel ashamed. That's understandable, but when, we, when guilt or shame is revealed, then just take it to Jesus, to the cross, but don't quit pursuing him because you feel unworthy or you feel uh, misunderstood or whatever. The discipline of the Lord is clean, it's pure, it's right. It's just beautiful because he only has one goal in mind and that's for my joy, and in this particular case, for my provision. So now it's not a matter of there's provision out there. I need to know what, how do I pray, Lord, and what do I do? So I'm gonna give you two key passages that give this promise and, and see if you can pick this up. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And here's the promise. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. There's a lot of promise in there. All sufficiency and abundance for everything that you're about. Malachi 3, 8 through 12. Here's the deal. Israel is struggling. They have rebelled against God. They are not having their needs met. They are not prospering. So they need correction, not because God wants to get them, but because God wants to free them. And here we go. 
He says, well, a man robbed God, but you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you're robbing me, the whole nation. You're not trusting me with the first fruits of your work. You're not trusting me to lead you. And bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now on this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. When you need need for provision, you need God to come in and lead. Windows of heaven, pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I'll rebuke the devourer for you. Anybody need God to rebuke the devourer for you? I do, right? So that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, says the Lord of hosts. So here we go. So I need you to, to just, this is where you want to take notes. So what are the conditions? I'm praying, God, I have $30,000 debt. My job is not providing the needs that we have. Oh God, I need your provision. So 2 Corinthians says, are you sowing so that you're reaping. Well, so here's the, we had a life group of young adults, just people just making regular Waco wages, not making a lot of money, and somebody's car breaks down. And they all gather together, it was initiated by the life group leaders, hey, let's rally around them. And in a few moments, actually, they saw $1,000 come in to take care of their $1,000 need. Two weeks later, somebody else in life group has the same experience. Car breaks down, it's about a thousand bucks. Life group leaders initiate again. Everybody sews into it. They get the thousand dollars. Everybody's rejoicing. A few weeks later, the life group leaders themselves have a, a, a bit of a medical emergency for their little daughter, have to go to the emergency room. And what the rest of the group didn't know is that they were in some financial need already, and then here they are, and they say, golly, okay, with the insurance, I mean, they're about $1,300 short. And one of some of the live group finds out about it, and then they end up rallying around them and paying their $1,300 bill. And as I was talking to the guy last night, he said, hey, I think, I, uh, he said, I made money through the deal. They got a thousand, a thousand, I made 1,300 just by, but what if we wouldn't have sewn in or initiated sewing? I think many times we don't see the reaping because we're giving nothing to work with. You gotta put seed in the ground. So many times when Laura and I have need and we prayed through this, we say, Lord, where do, not just here's my need, but Lord, is there anywhere I need to sow in someone else so that you have something to work with for our own need, right? And then it says, each one must do just his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. So here's the deal. What have you purposed to give? So it's not only sowing in, now, Lord, what would you want me to purpose? The context of that scripture is there was famine going on and they were setting aside money to be able to care for the believers in another city, another place. And here's the deal. My encouragement is when you are praying for your provision, just say, God, where do I need to sow even in my need? And then God, is there somewhere that you want us to set aside for the poor or for others along the way? Because that's, again, another simple response. And oh, Lord, let me be joyful about it. If I've been griping about giving, I repent now in the name of Jesus. May I be joyfully obedient, right? And then we have the promise. Let's go to the Malachi passage. In the Malachi passage, God says, you're robbing me. You guys, are, your resources are cursed because you're not tithing uh, and, and bringing offerings to the house of the Lord. 
Back to my couple friend who was trying to get a $30,000 debt and their needs weren't met. They, uh, and they were prayed about it. Nothing was breaking through. They went to their pastor, not me, another city. They went to their pastor and their pastor asked them, went through the scripture and said, are you tithing? And they said, we can't afford to tithe. And he said, you can't afford not to tithe, man. If you need the blessing of God, you need to trust God now more than ever before. Trust him with the first fruits and let him take care of the rest. So this couple begins to tithe and then they're led to do different offerings to help other people in little ways along the way. And all of a sudden, here comes the job. And then here comes the provision. And within two years, they had the $30,000 of debt gone and they were prospering in their jobs and able to care for their family. They responded to the word of God. Again, this isn't about this particular local church. This is about you and your home and your resources. And if you find the well drying up, you want to go through, am I sowing? Am I joyful? Am I tithing? And that deal offerings in the Old Testament, um, um, most theologians agree that it's like 23%. So they are tithing and giving beyond that. And that's the Old Covenant. And people say, well, I don't know about tithing in the New Testament and everything else. The Old Covenant is just a baseline in the New Testament, you're free to give everything and ask to have all your hands open, let alone the first fruits of what you have before the Lord, because you need God's involvement. And every time you let go, it brings in grace and power into your prayer for provision and allows God to work. Just so many things we could talk about uh, related to that, but I just I just got to share one more story around that. Um, year when I first got my heart right with the Lord as a college student, I read this book, and in this book it was talking about the secret keys to the kingdom of God, and one of those was giving. And they used the story of a uh, a, a, a drought that happened in the country, I believe it was Ecuador, and there was a drought going on. And the pastor was distraught because people were starting to starve. And he said, God, what you need to meet with us, what do we do? And God spoke to this pastor and said, you need to tell your people to tithe. And he said, God, they don't have any money. They're starving. I mean, what do I do? He said, have them bring a tenth of what they have. And somebody brought a chicken. Somebody brought an egg. Somebody brought a little stool. They brought a tenth of whatever they had and they prayed and they said, God, we're giving this to you for your glory. And the rains began to come and the rains began to come and they had a bumper crop and everywhere around them, the drought remained. But in their area, God blessed them and flourished because they began to trust God with all of their life, not just some of their life. Not in their circumstances, they begin to say, God, we trust you. And they became a witness and a move of God broke out throughout those provinces. And wherever people responded to God, the blessing of God began to come. Now, again, I, I am, this is not a magic wand formula today. What this is, is an admonition. If you're going to pray for provision, then you got to be willing to let the process of God's word direct and change you so that you are a, uh, a conduit for the grace of God to answer your prayers, right? And that last one of the, my five Ps is then you persevere. Well, I did all that. I'm not seeing it yet. Well, then persevere. Live in his presence. Trust him. Trust him. Dig deeper wells because there'll be more water. The, digger, the deeper that you dig. Verse 12 of Malachi 3, 
says, and all the nations will call you blessed for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord. This little prayer process of this family allowed them then not only to be blessed, but then to be a blessing in so many different ways. When we built our first building, we've done all these buildings debt-free. Thank you, everybody, for being so sacrificial. But we've always set aside a portion to give to other ministries and other people around the world. And we set aside 10% on our first building program. We said we're going to give to other people. We're going to sow into other things around the world. And one of the opportunities was in a city called Irkutsk in Russia. We had planted a church there. It's a city of around a million people. And they were reaching out to drug addicts and they wanted to open up a home uh, to take them in, disciple them and see them set free. But they didn't have the resources. And so out of that money that you guys gave, we said, all right, let's sow into what they're believing God for. And not only were they able to open that home, they began to take men and women in. And then what happened is miracles began to happen because of course, they, several of them had AIDS because of dirty needles and sexual issues and all that. And they began to pray for them that the power of God would come on. They saw five people medically verified healed of AIDS. And when that began to be known in the city, people began to come in droves, mothers and brothers and sisters and families began to come into the church. And then it made the front page of the newspaper in this secular community, it made the front page God is moving supernatural miracles happening at this drug rehab uh, here in Irkutsk. It became a testimony to the region and ultimately a testimony to the nations. And many of those people that came through that program I have met, they're healthy, uh, have healthy marriages, healthy families, because God is a delivering God. But we got to partner with God and our honoring of God with the first fruits of even our own need allowed the nations to be blessed for the glory of God. Woo, who knows what God's gonna do in response to your obedience today to his word. Who knows what he's gonna do, but it's gonna be above and beyond what we could ask or think because we're gonna respond to him.